Hello, and welcome to the Daily Catholic Catechism Podcast. My name is Dan, and it's a pleasure to have you here. It is March 24th, and it is Palm Sunday. I want to send a special shout-out to my mother, Lucy, uh, on this glorious day. Uh, and we will be reading paragraph 644 through 651 today. And we begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Even when faced with the reality of the risen Jesus, the disciples are still doubtful. So impossible did the thing seem. They thought they were seeing a ghost. In their joy, they were still disbelieving and still wondering. Thomas will also experience the test of doubt, and St. Matthew relates that during the risen Lord's last appearance in Galilee, some doubted. Therefore, the hypothesis that the resurrection was produced by the apostles' faith or credulity, will not hold up. On the contrary, their faith in the resurrection was born, under the action of divine grace, from their direct experience of the reality of the risen Jesus. The condition of Christ's risen humanity. By means of touch and the sharing of a meal, the risen Jesus establishes direct contact with his disciples. He invites them in this way to recognize that he is not a ghost, and above all, to verify that the risen body in which he appears to them is the same body that had been tortured and crucified, for it still bears the traces of his passion. Yet at the same time, this authentic, real body possesses the new properties of a glorious body, not limited by space and time, but able to be present how and when he wills. For Christ's humanity can no longer be confined to earth, and belongs henceforth only to the Father's divine realm. For this reason, too, the risen Jesus enjoys the sovereign freedom of appearing as he, as he wishes, in the guise of a gardener or in other forms familiar to his disciples, precisely to awaken their faith. Christ's resurrection was not a return to earthly life, as was the case with the raisings from the dead that he had performed before Easter. Jairus' daughter, the young man in name, Lazarus. These actions were miraculous events, but the persons miraculously raised returned by Jesus' power to ordinary earthly life. At some particular moment, they would die again. Christ's resurrection is essentially different. In his risen body, he passes from the state of death to another life beyond, beyond time and space. At Jesus' resurrection, his body is filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. He shares the divine life in his glorious state, so that St. Paul can say that Christ is the man of heaven. The resurrection as transcendent event. O truly blessed night, sings the exultant of the Easter vigil, which alone deserved to know the time and the hour when Christ rose from the realm of the dead. But no one was an eyewitness to Christ's resurrection, and no evangelist describes it. No one can say how it came about physically. Still less was its innermost essence, his passing over to another life, perceptible to the senses. Although the resurrection was an historical event that could be verified by the sign of the empty tomb and by the reality of the apostles' encounters with the risen Christ, still it remains at the very heart of the mystery of faith as something that transcends and surpasses history.
This is why the risen Christ does not reveal himself to the world, but to his disciples, to those who came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are now his witnesses to the people. Roman numeral 2, The Resurrection, a work of the Holy Trinity. Christ's resurrection is an object of faith and that it is a transcendent intervention of God himself in creation and history. In it, the three divine persons act together as one and manifest their own proper characteristics. The Father's power raised up Christ his Son, and by doing so, perfectly introduced his Son's humanity, including his body, into the Trinity. Jesus is conclusively revealed as Son of God and power according to the Spirit of Holiness by his resurrection from the dead. St. Paul insists on the manifestation of God's power through the working of the Spirit who gave life to Jesus' dead humanity and called it the glorious state of Lordship. As for the Son, he effects his own resurrection by virtue of his divine power. Jesus announces that the Son of Man will have to suffer much, die, and then rise. Elsewhere, he affirms explicitly, I lay down my life, that I might take it again. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. We believe that Jesus died and rose again. The fathers contemplate the resurrection from the perspective of the divine person of Christ, who remained united to his soul and body. Even when these were separated from each other by death, by the unity of the divine nature, which remains present in each of the two components of man, these are reunited. For as death is produced by the separation of the human components, so resurrection is achieved by the union of the two. Roman numeral three, the meaning and saving significance of the resurrection. If Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. The resurrection above all constitutes the confirmation of all Christ's works and teachings. All truths, even those most inaccessible to human reason, find their justification if Christ by his resurrection has given the definitive proof of his divine authority, which he had promised. Thus ends our reading today from the Catechism of the Catholic Church. The website is dailycatholiccatechism.com, and you can email me at dailycatholiccatechism at gmail.com. God bless you all, and may these teachings hand down by the apostles of Christ strengthen your faith and lead you to everlasting life. Amen.